0: All right, it's another week of QP Sports Exchange. I'm Vince, I'm your host. This week we'll talk about Luca in the bubble. We'll definitely hit on some NBA playoff basketball and try to see where everything lines up. We'll also take a look at the AFC and NFC North preview and my thoughts on that. We'll give predictions on who will win the division. We'll touch on some baseball. It is the trade deadline. We will also hit on some wrestling. Yes, I said it, wrestling. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy the pot. Alright, another week. We are back. So excited, can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, Right now, we're probably going to hit on some NBA playoff basketball. I have a couple thoughts, um, and then we'll kind of go in from there. First and foremost, Luka Doncic announced himself as a top seven player in the league. His performance against the Clippers was amazing. This kid was on fire the whole series. And he looked like a franchise guy against supposedly two of the best defensive wings in all of professional basketball, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So these are the numbers, right? Game three, Luka hits a game-winning shot. In that game, he scores 43 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. Now for the series, he averages 31 points. 9.8 rebounds and 8.7 assists. So let that sink in for a second. First playoff series for Luka. He goes up probably against, right, one of the best defensive teams in the league. I mean, the Lakers are right there, Milwaukee and Toronto. But you're talking about top five. Especially the guy who's supposedly the best defender in the league. And Luka was not faced. Keep in mind that he, he went up he, uh, on his season average, okay? So, for the season, he averaged 28.8 points and 9.4 rebounds and 8.8 assists. I mean, so he went up about three points for the playoffs. So, he definitely can take it up a notch. And he lost Porzingis early in that series. Here's a guy two years in. Brings his team to the playoffs. Yeah, that guy is a man, and he's a stud, and he's going to be hell to deal with for a while. You just look at him. He's just a basketball player. Everybody was worried about him when he came into the league. Oh, Euro. Okay. Another one of those. Keep in mind, we've had some good Euros. What was Porzingis before he got hurt? Unicorn. Pau Gasol. Mark Gasol. So we've had some Euros come over and do damage in this league. And Luca, he got an edge to him. He's not your regular cat. What's the thing on Euros, right? They're soft. Luca is not soft. He got into a couple scrapes in the playoffs. Marcus Morris trying to punk him out. He wasn't having it. You know, that's part of the mental game in the playoffs is sometimes you just want to get into the star player's head to see if he'll make some dumb mistakes and, you know, get outside himself. But Luka didn't do that. So he announced himself very well in the playoffs and he is going to be nothing nice to deal with throughout his career. That brings me to my question. There's always a question, right? Explain to me how Phoenix, Sacramento, everybody talks about Atlanta. Everybody talks about how Atlanta traded the third pick to Dallas for Luka. But nobody ever talks about Sacramento and Phoenix. Phoenix, I know you had an incredible run in the bubble. Eight and zero. I got you. Could you imagine what Devin Booker and Luka Doncic would look like? You'd still be playing, by the way, Phoenix. Still be playing. DeAndre Ayton. I mean, there's really not much to say on that. That's DeAndre Ayton. Luka Doncic. Doesn't even seem fair. James Jones and Phoenix. I don't think that was his draft, actually. I don't think that was his I think he came in in 2019. Let's move over to Sacramento. Of all people, you would think Vlade would have picked Luka Doncic. Euro, fellow Euro, Marvin, Begley Jr. Begley can't stay healthy. I mean, he is, he's talented, but in today's game with the outside shot, which he's shown no parts of. So he's a non-stretch four with super-duper athletic ability. Sounds like Sean Kemp. I don't know if Begley is big enough to play the center position in the NBA. I think he's a wing. So you don't have the value of putting him at the five and just allowing his athleticism to destroy people because I think he'll get eaten up on the other end. Think about what that team would look like if you had a backcourt of De'Aaron Fox, Luka Doncic, and Buddy Hill, two playmakers on the floor at the same time, shoot knockdown shooter in Buddy Hill, worried about Luka's defense. Luka definitely moves his feet. He might not be the one-on-one defender that you're looking for, but Bird was not a one-on-one defender, nor was Magic. Those guys weren't. One-on-one defenders. It's the rare breed that's a, you know, killer one-on-one defender. LeBron, Kawhi, Kobe when he was younger. Super one-on-one defenders. Get up in your grill type guys. But Luka is good. Luka's not a, a complete disaster on defense. And that's the thing, right? Is that you have somebody who is competent on defense but an absolute witch on offense. And he is a franchise foundation block. This is when you talk about in the league having top guys and how that pushes the needle and gets you to where you need to go. He's one of those guys. Dallas will be a destination for people because they'll want to play with Luka because he's not selfish, he's a cerebral player. You're not going to have problems with, oh, his head wasn't in the game. And you have a guy who is a winner and has that edge to him. So, I mean, he is absolutely in the stratosphere already. I just can't wait to see what next year looks like. That brings me to one other thing. Atlanta, how you feeling? I understand. Trey Young. Awesome. These are Luka's regular season numbers. This is the regular season just passed. 28.8 points a game, 9.4 rebounds a game, and 8.8 assists a game. All right? So you're looking at a situation where Trey Young averaged in his couple years that he's been in the league. He's averaged 23.6 and 8.6 assists. He's exciting. He shoots the three. He's ungodly about shooting a three. He still shoots for a shitty percentage, though, by the way. His shot selection hasn't matured enough. Because Steph Curry will shoot the long-distance three, but it doesn't seem like out of the flow of the game. And Trey Young has to do so much for that team. Now, remember, the reason why Atlanta moved back. Hawk fans, let me ask you a question. I know hindsight is 2020, 20, right? And I know you love Trey. But let me ask you honestly was that 2019 pick worth it? Because remember who it is. The rights to Luka Doncic went to Atlanta for the rights to Trey Young and the 2019 pick of Dallas. And that pick turned out to be Cam Reddish. Yeah, I'll let that sink in. Cam Reddish, I mean, he looks like everything you want, right? Length, size, perfect 3 and D guy. But at Duke, it was hit or miss. It wasn't consistent. Zion was putting up consistent numbers. Barrett was putting up pretty consistent numbers. But Cam looked lost. Reddish looked absolutely lost for about half of that season. He just could not find his place. He never got his footing there at Duke. Because when you looked at their recruiting class, when he came into Duke, R.J. Barrett was the guy. He was really the guy. And then it was kind of like Zion and Cam Reddish, who were 1A and 1B. It was like one was R.J. Barrett, and then you had Zion and Cam kind of on the same tier. But that dude looked lost at Duke half the year. And it affected his defense, too. Obviously, there's an adjustment period coming into the association. You know, first year, everybody makes a huge jump. I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But usually you start to see the the remnants and you start to see the, the puzzle being put together by the guy that goes from the first year to the second year. So you're hoping that the Reddish that was the five-star guy out of high school, shows up. Because that trade will look like absolute trash in another year. Because Atlanta, if you don't make the playoffs next year, and Luka is now making inroads and going to, like, Western Conference finals and, or getting to the second round where, you know, got to the first round this year, and he's starting to make inroads. You're going to look at that trade and go, what the heck did we do? Because remember, Trey doesn't play a lick of defense. you got to have all those 3 and D guys around him. Because you have to cover up for him. Because his defense absolutely stick Trey Young in pick and roll all the time. So, crunch time, fourth quarter, yes, he's going to get you buckets. But fourth quarter... On the defensive end, everybody's going to put him in pick and roll. And we'll see. If you got guys like the Clippers, they're going to take turns. You imagine Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They'll be like holding up their hands like an excited second grader that knows the answer to the question. So Atlanta, I ask again, looking back, are you confident that you made the right decision in that 2018 draft? Are we going to look back on this as the Dargo Milicic type situation? Remember that? In 2003, LeBron, Carmelo was third that year. Remember, that draft, the 2003 draft, everybody talks about that. Everybody talks about LeBron, D. Wade, and Carmelo, and obviously the rest of the draft was awesome. Remember what that draft was. Darko Milicic was the second pick in that draft. Now, keep in mind, DeAndre Ayton has not turned into LeBron. And Marvin Bagley hasn't turned into Carmelo. So, that makes it worse. That there were literally, there were four teams that actually got a chance to draft Luka Doncic. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr., we wish that brother of speedy recovery from the uh, injury he had in the bubble, he looks like a player. So that might be the only team that looks back at the 2018 draft and doesn't shake their head. But if you're Sacramento, Phoenix and Atlanta, I mean, next year could literally be the year where you have a lot of explaining to do. Keep in mind, Vlade has already bailed in Sacramento, so they're president of of player personnel is gone. They got a new guy in there. So Phoenix, Sacramento, Atlanta. When you're watching NBA League Pass next year, and you're watching Luka just almost average a triple-double or average a triple-double, because that guy might be the next guy. Westbrook did it for a couple years, but keep in mind, Westbrook is 6'3". This dude is six seven six eight. 220, 21 years old, you think, right, you know how to diet, starting to understand what your personal trainer is trying to get you to do. Your body is starting to show results. Could you imagine what Luka is going to look like after having a taste of the playoffs? Because dudes like that get better. Michael, Michael did it, always added something to his game. Magic did it, Isaiah did it, Bird did it kobe did it the great ones lebron does it d wade did it the great ones add to their game all right we're gonna talk a little bit more about nba playoffs i'm gonna give you a little bit of information. That has been going down. Give you a couple little observations of what I saw in the playoffs so far. So Milwaukee looks lost. Without Giannis. I told you guys. I was not confident in them. Now they won their first round. But there were signs. There were signs. Orlando. Orlando played their heart out but they just didn't have what they needed to go up against Milwaukee but here's the thing there's a point where Giannis was out of the game they were up by more than 20 and with nine minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter Orlando had pulled that game back within three now usually what happens is is that a huge favorite And with the reigning MVP on your squad, usually you're up 3-1. You're up by 20 in the third quarter. Oh, that game is over. You never have to worry about it. Your star doesn't play in the fourth quarter because the will of the A-seed, which is Orlando, would have been broken. Didn't happen. Because there's not that reliable second guy. We talked about it in previous podcasts. Middleton doesn't just light it up every single game. If he was giving Giannis 18 points, 4 or 5 rebounds, and like 4 or 5 assists, that would be all they would need. That would be your second guy. It's just not consistent enough. And there they were in the fourth quarter having to re-put away the Orlando magic Bucks fans how do you feel you're about to play Miami how do you feel right now are you good confident you needed to get the jitters out the way going to the second round we'll see you just wonder when it's gonna raise his ugly head keep in mind you know Jimmy Butler is going to absolutely mentally destroy Middleton because that's the key. That is the real key right there. Can Middleton deal with Jimmy Butler and get, not get into the, the craziness and get into wildness with, with Jimmy Butler? Can he just play basketball, give the Bucks 18 to 22 every game, and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals? Because if he does the up and down where it's like 19-21 game, Six the next. That series is gonna go seven. Lakers took care of Portland. Dame got hurt. That was pretty much the end of that. They had too many injuries going in. Dame gets hurt. Knee sprain. Left the bubble. And Portland's bubble burst as soon as he left. I was actually scared of Portland. I just thought that was something entirely different to deal with. LeBron and A.D. showed us who we thought they were. Playoff LeBron is a different animal. I mean, you can see it on his face. It's that line from Drumline, right? One band, one voice. That dude has Lakers. One band, one voice. And by the way, Anthony Davis, welcome to the playoffs, buddy. I mean, how the hell are you? Feeling good? You out of New Orleans? 43-9 and to close out. Close out game. 43-9. and That's what he dropped on them. Clippers still think that Anthony Davis is soft, though. By the way, Clippers look complete. Like, they look good. They got a lot of weapons, man. Like, a lot of dudes can get hot. It's crazy. And you just don't know which one is going to go off. You don't know what, which one is gonna be the bomb, right? You don't know which wire to to pull. Cause you don't know if it's gonna accelerate the clock and blow up. Boom. The only thing with the Clippers is like I said last week, are you gonna be as mentally tough as LeBron? Cause that's what it's gonna take. Cause remember in what was it? I think it was twenty seventeen, the year I believe they beat Cleveland beat the Golden State Warriors. There was a a play in the game, and it was absolutely nothing play. It actually didn't even count. But Steph Curry, it was a foul. Steph Curry went up for a shot that didn't count. He was just shooting at the rim. And LeBron blocked it. Like, nah, nah, LeBron, you ain't going to even get a good look at the rim when it doesn't count. Denver and Utah are going to a game seven. Crazy. Because I had written Denver off in the last pot. I was like, good playoff run, good experience. You got Michael Porter's Much needed playoff experience. Everything's cool. Jamal Murray said, "Uh uh-uh. No, no, player. It's not over yet. He dropped 50, 43, and 50 in the last three games. Okay? 50, 43, and 50 in the last three games. He was not ready to go home yet. So, Denver pushes it to a game seven. Mock pick out of the East. Starting their second round series with Toronto. We'll get to see what that looks like. B-Town, you have nothing else to be excited about until... September 10th and football season starts. But right now, the Celtics are looking nice. Jalen Brown is exactly who we thought he was. He's that dude. Jason Tatum looks like a number one. He's that dude. It'll be really interesting to see how a very, very disciplined Toronto Raptors. Also, keep in mind, your reigning And defending NBA champions, Toronto Raptors. Drake, or as I like to call him, Aubrey. Just messing with you, Drake. Shout out to Drake. That's going to be a real interesting series. Who's going to be the guy who steps up for Toronto? Because I don't think Kyle Lowry is the guy who can say, okay, consistently, I can give you 20. You got Pascal Siakam. He can give you 20, but who's going to be that other guy to give you 20? Is it going to be Van Vliet? Who's it going to be? Because Boston got their dudes. They're ready. So we'll see how it goes, right? Playoff basketball, awesome. As I sit down and do this pod, Houston's in the dogfight with OKC. Uh, we talked about it last time. Chris Paul did not realize that OKC. Wasn't about winning this year. Surprise. Chris Ball says, no. We about winning. I'm old. Every playoff chance I get, I got to take advantage of it. He's going to give you 22 and 10 and and 6 rebounds at 34 years of age. And keep your team competitive in the playoffs when you don't have any business being there. That is value. Somebody will... Somebody who's desperate, who needs a, you know, who hasn't made the playoffs in a while, will take a flyer on that cap. I'm sure there's a couple teams out there like that. Look at your team and find out. Look at your squad. Orlando, how would you look with Chris Paul? Yeah. Chris Paul next to Jamal Murray. So how about those teams that didn't make it, that were like fringe guys, you know? Is there a change of scenery for, for John Wall? Maybe there's an OKC Wizards trade to be had. The Wizards would love to be in the playoffs. And if you put Chris Paul with uh, Bradley Bill, that's another way to keep Bradley Bill happy, by the way. I'm just thinking out loud. Wizard fans, don't get mad. I know you love J-Dubb. That dude got to hit an outside shot, too. But if you're a fringe playoff team and you've seen what Chris Paul has done in the playoffs and and for the regular season this year at 34 years of age, now keep in mind he stayed healthy. The whole knock on Chris is injury. But if you put him on the Kawhi Leonard low management deal, right, if we go back to 82 games next year, but Chris Paul on a fringe playoff team, on a team that just didn't make the playoffs this year. And here's the thing. If you have that guy that's on your team that hasn't made the playoffs, he's a young guy. And let's say it's year three or four, and you, don't, you got to pay him the money. And he's also thinking to himself, do I want to even stay here? I mean, you have to start thinking about it. What would Philadelphia look like with Chris Paul? something to think about Philly fan you are home Toronto Boston Milwaukee and Miami are still playing worst nightmare come to life for Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks is that Chris Paul goes to Miami finds the Fountain of Youth he finds a treasure mount that Ponce de Leon Leaves for him. And him and Jake from State Farms go find the founding youth. And he does exactly what he did this year, next year, in a Miami Heat uniform with Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, these are the type of things that we're kind of talking about. Now, I will tell you this. I'm still excited about this playoffs. We did the pod last week. It was really... It was a really difficult podcast to do. I'm glad that we're being able to talk basketball. But still keep in mind, the message stays the same. we got to continue to educate our friends that are on the lighter side. White friends, you have to listen to your black friends. And white people who can make immediate impact, people in power positions... You should want to listen to because it might affect your bottom line. And I'll get off my soapbox for that. All right, all right, here we go. It's the AFC and NFC North previews. I'm excited about this. I told you about my picks previous, so let's go over it again. I got New England still winning the AFC East. Sorry, Buffalo. Bills Mafia. Sorry, Jets fans. Miami. Just keep Tua healthy. NFC East. This is for my girl, Christina. You know who you are? Friend of the program. Philly. Takes the NFC East. Fly, Eagles, fly. Dallas. Welcome to the Mike McCarthy era. Dak. On a one-year contract. Make your money, Cat. Get your team to the playoffs. You ain't got any excuses. Giants. Just take a step forward. Daniel Jones looks like a player. But you're not making the playoffs. And Washington just... Yeah, hot, 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 hot garbage. Just keep your owner in check. All right, so we had the AFC at NFC South last week. AFC South, we got Houston winning that division. Tennessee, I just don't know about you. You trying to run the same again. I'm not real impressed with Tenny Your running game is sweet. Not real impressed with Tannehill. Indianapolis. Old Man Rivers is your quarterback. Good luck. Jacksonville, you just traded your defensive end. Let the Gardner-Manchu era begin. Remember, Jacksonville. You too can get a franchise quarterback in the draft. And then in the NFC South, we had New Orleans winning that division. Don't cry anymore. I don't want to hear about refs. I don't want to hear about COVID-19. Whatever excuse you got this year, I don't want to hear it. Breeze, get your team to the Super Bowl. Tampa. Tampa is going to make the playoffs. Brady is going to bring Tampa to the dance. I don't know if that dude can throw past seven yards anymore. You know, people are still scared of him. Atlanta. You know how I feel. Dirty birds everywhere. Your boy got to step up. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. Get it done. You got everything you need player. Carolina. They're tanking for Trevor. Or staying low down for Lawrence. That brings us to this week. AFC and NFC North. We did a little more investigations. Investigations. On this situation. I wanted to bring you a lot of heat. Because I know these divisions don't like each other. I get it. I see you Baltimore. I see you over there. I understand. You don't like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Steeler Nation. You have no love for Baltimore. Because they used to be Cleveland. Cleveland you just don't like Baltimore. And or Pittsburgh. Because. The old Cleveland Browns is in Baltimore and the new Cleveland Browns are in Cleveland. So, there's that. Teams that do not like each other. You can't go to Green Bay and wear a Minnesota Viking uniform or jersey or whatever. Chi-town. You know. You know what that life is about. Monsters of the Midway. Let's get after it. Alright, so... Here's what we're going to do. We, we do a breakdown of all the teams. Like, we hit little quick points about your squad. So, if you are AFC North or NFC North fan, this is for you. So, I know my mama will be listening because she is from Katanning, PA. And she is a Steelers fan. I love my mama to death, but I always told her, Especially the last six or seven years. I'm like, so you're cool with playing for second place in the AFC. That was the running joke. Because it was Brady and Belichick in New England. It's pretty much true, by the way. Let's get after it a little bit. So the Ravens had an excellent year last year. They fell out to Tennessee, which was amazing in itself. But they showed out. Lamar Jackson looks for real. That dude is outstanding. By the way, your coach is super smart. And if Bill Belichick was not in the AFC, you might have the smartest coach. You and Andy Reid. John Harbaugh is a killer. He just gets it done. He took Lamar Jackson when everybody looked at Lamar and said, oh, yeah, complete project. Oh, we don't know what we're going to do with him. He was like, I do. I'm going to build an offense around this cat, and we're going to shock the league. And that's what he did. Lamar Jackson not only looked competent last year, he looked in control of the offense. Second-year guy. And athletically, he is just, he's a witch. He's doing stuff on the football field that, like, running backs did. Like, he's doing stuff. That Barry Sanders and Gail Sayers did. By the way, if you're like under 25, you're definitely Googling these people. YouTube. Get it going. Fact check. Those dudes were sick in the open field. And Lamar is sick. Must be nice to have like two or three running backs in the backfield together. So the quarterback is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than the actual running back. Go figure. So be more. Your rushing game is elite. You got Ingram. You got Jackson. And you got Gus Edwards. So you got three headed monster. Good luck in the fourth quarter. Anybody that plays Baltimore, you're going to be tired. The one question that I do have about Baltimore is the interior of their defensive line. Are they stout enough? Because remember, Derrick Henry ran all over them in the playoff game. That's how they lost. They were gassed at the end of that game. They did not want to tackle anymore. Like, that's their job. Defense tackles people. And they just did not want to do it in that playoff game. B-more, I'm really sorry I had to bring up some wounds that probably were still open. But you know what it is. We're trying to find a winner in the AFC North. But your defensive line, the interior, I don't know if you did enough in the draft and through free agency to to sure up that. That's really honestly the only thing that's wrong with them. Secondary's good, good linebacking core. You're gonna score enough points. So if that's the only hole on your team, you're in pretty good shape. Now what I've been dreading the whole time. Pittsburgh Steelers. Steeler Nation, where you at? Your quarterback's back. Do you feel good? Is this the bounce back year? Oh, we got Big Ben back. We're gonna be good, yeah. So here's my question about Big Ben. Another year older, another injury. Big Ben kind of reminds me Obviously a little more successful, right? Big Ben reminds me of Steve McNair. Steve McNair t- took a lot of punishment at the quarterback position. And has Big Ben taken a lot of punishment at the quarterback position? Steeler fans, tell me. You know, your boy has been injured. And especially the, over the last three or four years, he's been injured a lot. That usually doesn't go away. Usually once you start to be injured quarterback, you stay injured quarterback. Unless that dude went out and found like a magic elixir or whatever Captain America took to make him a super soldier. I got questions about the health of your quarterback. Your D is awesome. You never worry about the Steelers defense, right? Defense. They do play it in Pittsburgh. You got Minka Fitzpatrick, who looks awesome. D, as far as the line is concerned, is good. TJ Watt looks like a stud. Bud Dupree gets it done. Every year, Pittsburgh Steelers, for some reason, they just grow linebackers, and they play good defense, and it's not a shock to anybody who's been watching football. Steeler fan, do you like your chances? Does he stay healthy for 16 weeks? Hell, does he stay healthy for 14 weeks? That's the question. You got to ask yourself, Steeler fan, do you feel comfortable with your quarterback who's been beaten to hell over the last three or four years? Cleveland, Cleveland, this is your question. You guys felt like you got picked on last year. Baker, you need to stop watching TV. Stay off Twitter, bro. Instagram. There was a lot of noise coming from you guys last year. Does Baker Mayfield make the leap in year one of Kevin Stefanski's offense? You got a, a very credible offensive mind. Now, here's the thing. If everything goes right, they're looking good. Right, Because the Stupanski offense is built for running game, play-action pass, get your quarterback out. It's really tailored for Baker Mayfield. Now, does he take to the playbook? Does he take to the coaching? Does he stay disciplined within his reads? Those are the questions that you have, Cleveland. Now here's the second question. If there's some growing pains within the offense, do you lose OBJ? Does he implode? I don't like it when my quarterback is volatile, my star wide receiver super volatile. I'm hoping that Stepanski can bring some maturity to the Browns. Is the left tackle for Cleveland ready? Is Willis ready? First year, you know what I'm saying? That's a rough situation. You are the blind side. Defense looks nasty. That's what's going to keep them in game. So they can figure out the offense. The defense should keep them in game. Miles Garrett, defensive end. Hopefully he learned a lot from his indiscretions last year. So you're stout on the defensive side. You got some playmakers. You should be good defensively. You just got to figure it out offensively. So, Cleveland, it's up to your new coach, and it's up to your quarterback to figure it out. Cincinnati, what's up? Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, is in the building. By the way, that was the right pick. That was the right pick, Cincinnati. Congratulations, you got the first pick right. I don't know about your organization. I wonder in like three or four years, we'll be holding up signs talking about free Joe Burrow from Cincinnati. Cincy, don't get mad at me. I'm just looking at your squad. I'm looking at your front office and just some of the things that have gone on there. The good thing that you know about him as a rookie is this. One, he's not scared. He's super confident. His swag is off the charts. That dude is cool. Boy, he's cool. And them dudes at LSU played their ass off for him. So just in the situation of, do you have a, a real quarterback? Yes. Now, do I expect the game to move fast for him early? Yes. Do I expect him to struggle? Yes. But will you ever see it on his face? Probably not. That dude stared down Alabama. He stared down Clemson. He gave teams the business. So as far as rattling him, I don't see it. He's a franchise. He'll be the franchise for a long time to come. Now here's the thing. This is what you want to do, Cincinnati fan. This is what you want to see. The model of success for the Cincinnati Bengals this year is having Joe Burrow lean on the running game. Mixing in Bernard are solid running backs they also can catch the ball out the backfield so you have some weapons there and that's a great thing for a rookie quarterback here's my question Cincy fan do the weapons fit Joe Burrow A.J. Green and Boyd they're not burners now they're gifted athletically and they'll catch a 50-50 ball like nobody's business but as far as just beating a DB, that's not going to happen. Can AJ Green and Boyd become precise route runners for Joe Burrow? That's what it's going to take. Cincy fan, I'm not sold on your offensive line. Anytime that you have Bobby Hart starting at one of your tackle positions, I just pray for your quarterback. God, please keep him healthy. By the way, Cincy fan, you should too. Keep Joe Burrow healthy. No more Carson Palmer leg injuries. Joe Burrow, keep him healthy. By the way, note to offensive line. Whether you're going to be there long term or not, do not allow your quarterback to get killed in his first season. Stuff is going to be moving around on him. Stuff is going to be too fast for him for a second. He will catch up. In the meantime, in between time, do not get franchise quarterback killed. I mean, Jonah Williams is coming off shoulder surgery. That's the left tackle. And I told you about Bobby Hart. That does not make for great success. Listen, Joe, I love you. I know you got a lot of swag. I know you like to throw the football. I know you love to throw the pigskin. Dude, lean on your running game. Bubble screens. Are your friends. Running back draws. Are your friend. Yo special teams help that kid out. Run a couple back. So Cincy fan. You just want Joe Burrow to be healthy. At the end of the year. And then build your team from there. So that's a little preview of the NFC North. Here are. The predictions. Like I said. Hit me up on Twitter question point underscore v i'm not hard to find instagram question point underscore pod underscore vince if i'm wrong y'all can tell me it's cool i'll come on here and tell you myself i was wrong milwaukee fan i know y'all looking at me saying oh middleton is gonna show up i know y'all y'all gonna come for me if that dude shows up Cincinnati this is what you're looking at right you're looking at Joe Burrow, gonna be very excited about having him you just want to make sure that he hits the tight ends hopefully A.J. Green and Boyd play out of their mind he has a quick release he gets the ball out quickly so he doesn't get into a lot of injury type situations if you go 5 and 11 be real happy about that you come out of 2020 with quarterback still standing And not in the fetal position because he was sacked 66 times in 16 games. You've done your job. If he doesn't come out shell-shocked or injured, you're good. Experience is key. You're about to have turnover in this division. Pittsburgh fan, I know you don't want to hear this, but you might be on the decline. Cincy 5-11. and Get your draft board ready. I don't know what your scouts are going to do with some of the football teams not playing. Draft well. Pittsburgh, we got a problem. 9-7 is the very best you're going to do. It actually might be 7-9. and nine. Cleveland is better in your division. They have improved. Cincy is at least going to be competent. So you can't just walk in and expect to win. Baltimore is a beast in your division. So Pittsburgh. Tell me where the easy wins are going to come from. I don't know. 9-7 or 7-9. It all depends on the shoulder and and arm of Ben Roethlisberger. Cleveland. Are y'all about to make noise? Cleveland, I'm going to tell you right now. When you hear this prediction, y'all going to be real happy. I'm banking on the D. And I'm banking on Baker Mayfield. 10-6. Browns, Dog Pound, 10-6, will you take it? It's not enough to win the division, though. But are you excited for 10-6? That could be a playoff situation for you. Be more stand-up. I got your team going 12-4 or 13-3. You know why? Lamar Jackson, that's why. He's the best quarterback in that division. And here's the thing. He's the best quarterback in that division and all he has to do is throw the ball 25 times a game. How sick is that? Be more. 12 and 4, 13 and 3 is it Kansas City and Baltimore in the AFC title game. Baltimore fans, that's what you should be looking at. You should be looking at a division title and playing late in January for a chance to play in early February. We're going to talk a little NFC North football. When I was doing my research for the NFC North, I threw up my hands because I had no idea who's going to win this division. For my football people out there, you know what I'm about to say. Anytime you have a division where there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty, then you always go with the most talented quarterback in the division. So that's where we start. We start with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So, Green Bay, you pissed off your franchise quarterback. How do you, in good standing, look at Aaron Rodgers, who carried your football team for years? Because that defense was mediocre at best. The offensive line has been okay it's never really been great with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. And that dude really hasn't had a ton of weapons. So what does the management do for Green Bay? Hey, Aaron, what do you think about us drafting the future quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? Think about that. You know, it's a virtual draft. Aaron Rodgers is sitting back and he's at home chilling. First round, you know, he doesn't have a high pick or anything. So, you know, he gets something to eat. You know, he probably orders some Postmates. Gets a glass of, of scotch. Green Bay Packers are on the clock. Mel Kiper Jr. is talking about 37 wide receivers that are available to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is maybe thinking, hey, okay, a trade. You know, maybe you trade a first rounder for... A really awesome tight end. You know that would be cool. Commissioner steps up to the. Podium and goes. With their selection in the first round. The Green Bay Packers select. Quarterback Jordan Love. <laughs> oh my god. I bet you it was the same look he had. When all those teams were. Passing him up in the draft. The front office of the Green Bay Packers do enough to help Aaron Rodgers this year. If you can get him a weapon with his release, understand, always build for the future. I get it. Don't reach. But there were so many wide receivers that were in that range. That hell, dropped out of the first round, went into the second round. People picked up value in wide receivers. In the second and third round. Nope. First round. Quarterback. Jordan Love. Hey guys. You know. You're about to know what I'm talking about. So you come home. Hard day's work. Tired. Just want to kick back for a second. Wife comes in. Hey honey. How's it going? Sorry. Tired. Well. I have something to tell you. Can it wait? No. What is it? I spent like three grand on shoes. What? I thought we were going on vacation. I thought we were getting away. I thought we were going to um, Bora Bora. Or this is pre-pandemic. Or post-pandemic, obviously. Can't go anywhere. Got it. But that's exactly what happened to Aaron Rodgers. All he wanted to do was sit down in front of the TV and veg out. And his front office told him, hey, by the way, we drafted the quarterback of the future. That's a kick in the teeth. Now, here's the thing. Green Bay has done an excellent job in the last couple years building up their defense. Their secondary looks stout. Linebackers, great trades last year. Both Smithesses worked out. Defensive line could use some work, right? But all in all, defense is stout, correct? Okay, Vikings. Does the kid out of LSU, Jefferson, is he better than Stephon Diggs? Because I didn't quite get that. I mean, I understand, you know, your your cap, right? You got to keep your cap cool. But here's my thing, and this is directly pointed at Kirk Cousins. This is why... I said in my first pod that I did, the first one. So go back and listen to the first pod. When you have a quarterback who's making a lot of money, and he is not that difference maker, you lose key pieces like Stefan Diggs. So Kirk Cousins, this is for you. You make a whole bunch of money. Over 30 mil, and I do salute you sir and get that back anytime you can get the back it's all good with me but there are responsibilities with that back Stephon Diggs is gone now Kirk Cousins is not that quarterback that is going to be no matter what happens injuries happen he's going to keep your team afloat till everybody gets back And what, no that dude needs everything to be right Perfect conditions. So, Kirk Cousins needs to live up to the contract. You got to be the franchise guy. And whatever adversity you face this year, you need to overcome it and get your team back to the playoffs. Now, they just traded for the defensive end from Jacksonville. So, the good thing with that is is that the defensive line, which was stout, is now even better. So, you might actually have the best defensive like getting out the quarterback situation in your division so minnesota defense looks good can davin cook stay healthy to me he's one of those players that is a absolute talent he's got to be able to stay on the field hamstring injuries i don't know what you got to do yoga i don't know if you need to drink more water player i don't know what you need to do but you cannot have nagging injuries this year. Your team needs you. You need to give them 15 to 16 games. Because if you do, the numbers are going to be there. Davin Cook is a stud. My whole question about Davin Cook is can he stay healthy? He changes the dynamic of that offense when he is healthy. So Minnesota Viking fans, rejoice. Your defense is awesome. Your quarterback, we don't know. And it's not perfect conditions around him. So, we'll see. Detroit Motor City Stand Up. On paper, Detroit. If you don't look at the Detroit name, you just look at the talent and just say, They got this, they got this, they got this. That team looks good. That team looks real, real good. If it was any other team, I would pick them. But it is the Lions. And sometimes, Detroit, I always say it about you. Sometimes you just can't have nice things. Somehow, some way, you find a way to screw it up. So we have questions with this team too, right? Stafford should have all the weapons he should need to be successful. Matt Patricia and his, and his staff have been around for three years. Patriot way. Don't turn over to football. Play good defense. Stability in that organization. Stafford doesn't have to worry about that. Picking up the running back Swift. In the draft. Clutch. Your wide receivers. Galloway. Jones. Amendola. Solid. Solid group. Amendola stay healthy. I remember you as St. Louis Ram guy. Couldn't stay healthy. Danny Amendola was Wes Welker before Wes Welker. For you kids who do not know who Wes Welker is, Google. He was a guy before Julian Edelman in New England. Before there was Julian and the love affair that was Brady and, and Julian Edelman, there was Wes Welker. So Google, kids. Amendola is that type of guy. He just got to stay healthy. You got another reliable target in TJ Hawkinson. That dude should break out this year, second year, from Iowa. Stud, uber athlete at the tight end position. Offensive line looks good. Patricia knows all about that. He knows all about what it takes to win when it comes to that. Jeff Okuda is going to be big time for the Detroit Lions. That dude is a stud. He plays cornerback. He's like, this is my side of the field. You just don't throw to this side of the field. If you do, it's going to get picked off. What your defense needs to do is get off the field on third down. Stop letting third and sevens happen. Stupid penalties to the Detroit Lions has been the bugaboo for, what, a decade now? Stop having personal foul penalties on third and nines. Stop letting teams run for 16 yards when it's 3rd and 13. Get off the field, help your offense. The question about the Detroit Lions is, is Patricia, really, is he the coach? Is he going to get Stafford not to throw 16 to 18 interceptions in a year and get him down to a a respectable level of 10 to 12? Because if you take off six interceptions from Stafford, You're going to win that division, Detroit. And your quarterback is good enough to do it, and his weapons are now good enough to do it. So no excuses from Stafford or the Detroit Lions. Chicago. Here we are another year, right? We went into last year thinking this same thing. So I'm going to say it one time. Your worst nightmare, and I'm going to say it. But before I say it, doesn't it just sound like when you're in the car it's a long road trip and you got the kids in the back seat and you got the eight-year-old, right? The teenager, they're antisocial. They don't want to talk to you anyway. They don't think you're cool. They were okay staying at home. But the eight-year-old, are we there yet? Can we stop and get something to eat? I got to use a bathroom. So Chicago, I'll say it. Another year, same story. What's up with your boy, Mitchell Trubisky? I don't even know what to say. You could have stayed where you were, but you doubled down and moved up to get him in a draft that had Deshaun Watson. So the question is, is will Mitchell Trubisky take the giant leap this year and become the franchise quarterback that Chicago deserves? The front office is telling you Chicago, Bears fans, you can talk about Dick at all you want, Monsters of the Midway, all that, but your front office told you what they thought about your quarterback when they signed Nick Foles. Like, I feel bad for Khalil Mack. Shout out to Khalil Mack. That dude, he escaped from Oakland. I know you're Las Vegas now. You were Oakland. Calm down. He escaped Oakland, went to Chicago thinking, oh, man, perfect, good young quarterback, our defense is going to wreck people. I mean, this is going to be years to come. We're just going to dominate this division, and that's what it should be, Chicago. You should be dominating this division, but you're not because your quarterback is a question mark. And what's the old saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you got how many? 0.00. Your quarterback situation is iffy. Defense sick. Getting after people absolutely. Offense no clue. No clue what's going on over there. All right. So here is what we look at at the division and how it's going to play out. Green Bay you got the best quarterback in the division. You should win the division. 10-6 and six should be the Packers record. Rodgers is going to be brilliant again and save the Packers front office ass again. You're welcome, GM of Packers. It's like he's going to succeed even though you guys are not that good at your job. Minnesota, your team was a little bit harder to figure out. I like the upgrade on defense getting a kid from Jacksonville young 25 years old he just needs to get paid he's willing to take a pay cut to come to your team so when you go ahead and negotiate with him please negotiate with him in good faith young man go ball out go get your sacks and then go get your bag but here's the thing Minnesota I do not like that your quarterback makes a ton of money that allows you to lose pieces he actually needs to win. Best case scenario, everything breaks right. You're nine and seven. Most likely, you're seven and nine. This is squarely on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins. If they're not successful this year, it should be pretty much on him. Kirk, I understand that you got franchise tag a lot. you know, it's a tough situation and you didn't know where you were going to be. But, dude, you should have kept it around about 26 million player. And so they could keep Stephon Diggs and upgrade your offensive line and keep everything together for you. Detroit Lions. This is the one that I've been waiting for. I'm really still not sold on your coach. Even though he is a Belichick disciple, I don't know. I'm still out on him. But here's the thing I see a good quarterback. With all the weapons he needs. The offensive line is stout. The defense is getting better. He's been in the system for three years. So, continuity, excellent. Especially this year with the pandemic and the the lack of preseason games and not having preseason games and it's just scrimmages. The team that knows what they're doing because they've been in the system for a long period of time is going to have an advantage. C I E. San Francisco, Philadelphia, Kansas City. So Detroit, that's where you are. You got a quarterback who is supremely talented, needs to take care of the ball. If he is, this is your record. Patricia is the guy, and he exudes some leadership qualities, and your quarterback tones down the turnovers. You should go 11-5. and And that would mean that you would have won the division. I just don't know if everything's going to break right for you. So what I'll do is this. I'll give you 9-7. You might squeak into the playoffs. Here's your treat. You knock out Minnesota. You're in the playoffs. And they're not because your quarterback is better than theirs. Chicago. Your quarterback situation is trash. Your quarterback situation is literally at the worst possible situation. You drafted a kid like three years ago, three, four years ago. He turned out not to be the guy. So then you doubled down and got Nick Foles. You deserve what you're going to get, which is six and ten. Congratulations, Chicago. Your window is now closed. And Khalil Mack, you're almost literally back at the Raiders. Sorry, Bears fans, it's not the year for you. I just don't see Mitchell Jabrinsky ever figuring it out, and I'm just not sold on Nick Foles. I think he was Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl. He got hot, he won the Super Bowl, trick play helps, and then he got paid. And now people keep telling you to pay him, which is weird. He's a guy, and is a guy. Six and ten. all right we're gonna quickly hit some baseball okay the trade deadline passed today um there was a lot of movies and shakers (laughs) Toronto did a lot of stuff Cincinnati pulled off trades San Diego just went crazy. They traded half their squad. When's the last time you ever heard of a team trading for two catchers during a trade deadline? I can see one, right? This dude can, you know, he can catch the staff, but he can't hit a lick. So you go get offensive catcher to compensate for a dude that handles pitching staff great, but doesn't hit well. Okay, got it. When's the last time you see your squad get two catchers our catching situation was so shitty that we blew both the catchers out and we're starting over in the middle of the season that's exactly what happened so the padres ended up getting clevenger uh austin nola from seattle castro from the angels they just traded everybody They got Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. They just said, we just need upgrades everywhere. Everybody, there's got to be upgrades. You, you're no good. No, that's a good team. They augmented their young talent with some uh, much-needed veterans. They got an ace on top of their staff. So that moves everybody down a peg. And they're going to be super competitive when it comes to the playoffs. I just have one question, though, is that – It takes a while to learn a pitching staff. The catcher-pitcher relationship is really intimate. And to blow out two catchers and get two new ones with like 26 games to go, I don't know if that was a really good idea. I just think A.J. Preller just got really excited about trading people. And he just did Oprah. He was like, and you get a player to be named later player to be named later and you get a player to be named later and you get one too everybody gets a player to be named later that dude made five trades and there were like 25 guys in like a three day period like he was busy so I'll ask this question San Diego fan what do you think that dude's office or his home look like he imagine. He's probably making trades in the bathroom. Like, his phone was blowing up so much because he's just trading everybody. (laughs) Hey, Boston. Hein Bloom. I'm about to call you back. I'm on the can. How many Red Bulls of coffee did that guy have to stay up to do this? A lot of trades. Since he really went for it, they, uh... They ended up getting Brian Goodwin from the Angels, and then they ended up getting uh, Archie Bradley from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Those were kind of like under-the-radar moves that happened pretty much literally right at the deadline. And Cincy is that team that scares me because their pitching is that good. And that would be the team that I wouldn't want to face if they got in. That's the team I wouldn't want to face in a short series all the big boys did nothing. Yankees super quiet. Dodgers super quiet. So Dodger fans, how do you feel? So no movement at the trade deadline. Is this another Justin Verlander situation? I mean, the Dodgers are playing great. They're 26 and 10. So Dodger fans, are you are you okay? Are you trusting that Dustin May or Julio Urias are ready for primetime? Bueller's amazing. Kershaw's look good this year. I just wonder if having that third guy would make a difference. I mean, they're deep. Offense is sick. Mookie Betts looks awesome, and here's the thing, Corey Seager, keep in mind, I think people forgot about him, and forgot about how good he was, and he's having a really good year, remember all the talk about Francisco Lindor, all that shut up now, right, Corey Seager's playing great. I would have liked to have seen the Dodgers get another starter. I mean, not just any dude, you know. I mean, Lance Lynn is the guy that was out there for them to get. Now, we'll find out in the days to come that Texas asked for pretty much everybody. They asked for Gavin Lux, Kieber Ruiz, Dustin May, and that was probably... Andrew Feeman just kind of going like this uh no really curious that the Yankees couldn't get not one thing done usually that's the team that usually is very magical around the trade deadline and they find a way to get stuff done not this year and they might be in real trouble because Toronto did get better they added uh Walker to Juan Walker and they added Robbie Ray from the snakes so so who won the trade deadline I mean it's hard to say it wasn't San Diego because I'm still trying to figure out what that dude did as far as sleep is concerned well we got 26 games to go we'll find out right We're going to talk wrestling every once in a while. There was a big story. In the WWE, a very interesting thing happened. Roman Reigns turned heel. Now, for the wrestling fans out there, hey guys, yo, this day has been a long time coming, right? This is the day that everybody wanted Cena to have that he never never changed. He never went hill And everybody wanted it. And I thought that Roman would be kind of the same situation. He never turned. But wow did he turn. Paul Heyman client. Oh uh, you never have to worry about Roman getting heat anymore. Because he definitely going to get it. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to see bad guy Roman Reigns. I don't know who talked to him. I don't know if it was Triple H. I don't know if it was Sean. I don't know if it was Vince himself. I have heard. They've had, they have a tremendous relationship. Roman and Vince. But he's a bad guy. And that changes some things. Question on. On Retribution. Who would you like to see. Leading Retribution. I have about three storylines that I run past you. and You tell me on Twitter, Instagram, what you think. I know it would be kind of like, uh, I maybe saw that coming. Could you imagine Samoa Joe being leader of retribution, taking a bunch of scrappy NXT kids, tell them how to wreck stuff up? Now, the second one, It's kind of one you would see coming, but he's just a really good mouthpiece. If Shane McMahon was behind Retribution. Just him. Because he can kind of blur the line of good, bad, cocky. So, it can give you the gamut of to really, really hate him or really, really like him. Now, here's the third one. Now I don't know they're going to do it because of the caring cross injury so I don't know if this particular scenario works now but before the caring cross injury and as takeover was ending and I was thinking about stuff could you imagine Adam Cole in the undisputed era the leaders of retribution like that's the arm Of the undisputed era. Retribution. The real shock if it was just somebody completely just you just go whoa. I didn't see that coming. Let's think about that. Who would be the guy or the girl. Like if you really wanted to shake stuff up. And I don't know what her status is. And where she stands on. The whole coming back and whatever. And she said some disparaging things about the WWE as she exited the door. But could you imagine Ronda Rousey as the leader of Retribution? Like, we're going to give it to you real. Remember she was talking about how it was cool to play pretend for a while. You know, like fake fighting and blah, blah, blah. Could you imagine saying that this is now what you get? This is the reality of my dismay this is the reality of my anger towards the company and I'm the leader of retribution so hit me up on Twitter which is question point underscore V at Twitter and on Instagram question point underscore pod underscore V on the ground tell me who you like do you like Samoa Joe angle do you like shane mcmahon do you like the undisputed era as the leaders of retribution almost kind of like how you had the new age outlaws that were part of dx but they weren't at first they were like part of dx but it was kind of like that was the arm so so would retribution be for the undisputed era Keep in mind, I always thought that Undisputed Era needed a bigger one big guy. Like one big guy to be the muscle. Some real, real heavy stuff went down. You know, the Keith Lee's of the world, the Carrion Crosses of the world, the Dijakovics of the world, that they had a guy that would be able to match up physically with that with that cat. Or what would you think of Ronda Rousey being the leader of Retribution? And the storyline being as such, I'm tired of fake this, fake that. Somehow it collaborates with the Raw Underground somehow, some way. So maybe you almost start like a um. What was it? You had the the corporate, the corporate champ back in the day, Attitude Era. Shout out Attitude Era. Shout out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shout out The Rock. Shout out The Undertaker. DX, Shawn Michaels, and them. Loved the Attitude Era. So, Ronda Rousey... Is the leader of Retribution. That would be cool. That would be some stuff that you just didn't see coming. And when's the last time that we've had... I mean, we've had duos, right? We've had Bayley and, and Sasha Banks. We've had the Iconics. We've had the Riot Squad... But we haven't had a good, the best women's faction that I can think of, honestly, I'd have to say it was in TNA or Impact Wrestling. The beautiful people were awesome. That was real cool, real cool riding, allowing them to kind of run roughshod over the women's division. I'm trying to think of somebody else that would actually make sense for them to do that now if you want to bring the ratings haven't been good right now you really want to turn some heads and make some money and also spark the interest of somebody that you've been clamoring to get back could you imagine CM Punk as a leader retribution instant credibility instant mic skills if you put them with a bunch of NXT people to kind of do them the favor to get them over to get them the pop what a tremendous mouthpiece he would be for it and th- the angles already set up right he left the company on bad terms This is his way of getting back at the company. It's kind of in his kind of mode of, you know, disrupting the system. So, I mean, as far as the storyline, it writes itself, correct? CM Punk, the voice of the voiceless, you know, screaming for something new, change in the WWE. And he's the leader of retribution. Just a thought. Alright guys. That's going to end the show. I want to. Thank everybody for listening. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a real dream of mine. That I get to do this. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. For content that you want to see. Like I said. We went through most of the divisions of football. We have to we have to do the AFC and NFC West. That is it, and then at that point, though, we will pick those division winners, and then, you know, I think I kind of allow the season to play out a little bit. You know, for you know three four games into the season, then we can start talking what we're gonna do for Super Bowl. You know, I think you know I'm a I'm kind of like a Belichick guy. Like, I like to tinker and tweak my team and then kind of figure out by week four what we are. So, again, that'll end the show. I'm Vince. Keep in mind that we also have a pod called Question Point Pod. My wife is on it, Belinda. She's awesome. So, also, keep a lookout for that. You can get that in your Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Radio Free Podcast, Spotify, we everywhere, everywhere that you can get a podcast, you can get our podcast, so Question Point Pod, that's me and Belinda, that drops every week, we usually try to drop it by Friday, but don't stop listening to this podcast, see, listen to that podcast, Question Point, but then, just slide on over To the QP Sports Exchange. And listen to this podcast. Because this is where you're going to get the real dope. This is where you're going to get the real scoop. You're going to get the real opinion of the fan. And I hope that I'm doing you guys justice. So if I'm not, send some comments. Subscribe, download, tell your friends. Because I'm looking for you. Because we're coming after people. We want to be the best podcast, best sports podcast on the planet. Not just in the U.S., everywhere. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm out. I'll see you next week. A little football preview. We'll go West Coast style. So maybe we'll do some Snoop Dogg, you know, to start a show real proper. Get Get the music going. Because we're going to do the West Coast AFC, NFC preview. Until then, y'all be cool.